You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. Last week's movie review, Sid Talk, was from Australia. This week's movie review is from their neighbours, New, New Zealand. The reviews were not from these countries. The movies the were movies from... The movies were from these countries. We did uh, The Water Diviner, which is from Australia, and now we're moving over to New Zealand for this week's review. Which is? What we do in the show. This is not the before the after the show show discussion, because again, there was none, really. Yes, there was, actually. Um, (laughs) Like hours ago? (laughs) This, uh, no, I'll say it later in my uh, thing. But, um, what was it we're talking about? Fixing my Wi-Fi? Yes. Boring. Which I seem to have fixed. Not necessarily. Give it time. Um, and do you have anything to add for this beginning? <laughs> no, we didn't have, we weren't having a conversation. So that's the whole idea of the before the after the show discussion. All right. So I'll just get straight to it then. <laughs> Saturday, August the 8th. This is after the show number 388. That's a lot of eights. And the movie we're reviewing this week, the New Zealand movie, is What We Will Do in the Shadows. Uh, what we do in the shadows, not we. What we will do. What we do in the shadows, and it's a 2015 movie. It's actually already out on Blu-ray. Came out uh, in July. It's rated R, and it's from our friends at Paramount. You can pick it up now. So, what we do in the shadows. Uh, you give us the synopsis. Sit up. It is the office with vampires in New Zealand. It is yes. All right. So moving <laughs> modern on. Modern to- vampire. I mean, modern day vampires of old. And a documentary crew following them around. Yeah. So a comedy documentary. Not a documentary. Mockumentary. Mockumentary, that's what they call it. I hate that term, but yep. that's what it is. That is so what it is. It's a little outdated concept, but it make, they make it funny. Yeah. So uh, what we do in the shadows is from the creators of Flight of the Concords. Flight of the Concords, as uh, a lot of people actually don't know about that show. It's a HBO show. It's actually where Jermaine uh, Clement became famous um most people i mean he's in a lot of movies now he's in men in black three he's been in been in big hollywood movies i'm sure people wouldn't know who he is though um but but i mean they know him now from being in hollywood movies but actually before all that he was a improv he was in an improv comedy group in new zealand and then he made a show called flight of the concords which is a comedy show that hbo showed now it's very flight of the concords has a very specific sense of humor to it and it's only certain people which would like it, I think. It's not for everybody. And I feel that that also goes over to this movie, which is very Flight of the concords kind of comedy, but with a bit of a twist in this one, because it is very strange. So what do you think of what we do in the shadows? I had a really good time. At first I was like, oh, this seems a bit tired, you know? You're watching, they're giving little interviews and, you know, but because explain, they just, Explain what the premise, uh, the, I mean, yeah, you did, but explain more in depth the premise of... It's just vampires that are being followed by a documentary. Flatmates. Yeah. I mean, it's a modern, they live in the modern world, so yeah. they just live together in a house. It's not really a flat, is it? It's a house. They call each other flatmates. But. Which, yeah. And so you get these little interviews and 
you know, it's mundane things, who's not doing the dishes, and, you know, so you're like, okay, that's not terribly funny. But the way they do it, on each of those things that come across, and I'm like, this is probably not funny, because it's just kind of blah, but they are funny. That I don't even know how to describe. My brain was in two places. Like... I'm so sick and tired of reality TV where people, they stop what's going on and you have a person sitting in front of you giving their little video interview. It's almost like I want to turn it off. I really get sick of it. It's very formulaic reality TV. Yeah, and it's boring. Like, boring. But, because they're, these guys are just funny. I like what they say and how each one of them has a personality that I'm, like, you've got the, the fussy one who's a bit more fastidious and wants to be tidy and he's sort of what they called a dandy back in the day so he's got the ruffly collar he's a few hundred years old you know then you get the guy who's like 800 years old who was from like some terrible time when he tortured people and that's the germane guy and so he's kind of rough and you know perverted and like he's the one in the bed with all the women in the red sheets all flowing like you see in other dracula movies (laughs) then you have the other guy who's just kind of a dick i mean he's just you know He's like a cocky... He's kind of a bit punk rock. He'll do, he yeah. just does shit. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. And so each of those things, again, kind of like a formula. But, and if you think of like real, um, the real world from MTV, it also reminds me of that. Yeah, it does, yeah. Like you've got kids in a flat and they're growing, you know, they're living together for the summer and you're like, ugh. But... They Don't just, forget the fourth guy. There's a fourth guy. Yeah, but he was... To me, it was sort of non-essential in a funny way. I mean, they make a new vampire, but he's he's also a bit of a dick. Oh, I wasn't thinking that guy. I was thinking the downstairs Oh, guy. yeah, but he's barely in he's, it. He's so. pretty much Nosferatu. Yeah, he's Nosferatu. Yeah. He's 8,000 years old, yeah. so he's the creepy one who looks like a yeah. creepy <laughs> Nosferatu, you know. Yeah, um, yeah I forgot about him because to me, he just didn't No, because he, he didn't speak, so it... Not only that, but I mean, he was in a very little... You know, the impact was pretty low compared to what it could have been. But because I like them and the way they are, and they're sort of like halting, it's not even sarcasm, it is like childish humor. And usually I don't find that super funny. Like, Get Hard didn't do a lot for me throughout. But there's something about these guys that I... I don't know. There's an intangible there that I find really funny. So I had a good time. And you like Fly of the Concords, don't you? Yeah. As well? I mean, and Fly of the Concords is it's it's odd, isn't it? The humor. Yeah, it's like it a makes halting, me really laugh. It's like it's... It, it stops you, and they are completely genuine in the things they say and the things they say and do. Like the guy in Fly of the Concords who's making a hair helmet mm-hmm. because he thinks when you're wearing a bike helmet, motorcycle helmet, it shouldn't. Could shouldn't be, look yeah. like a helmet. No. You should be able to see your hair. So he's actually taking hair and sticking it all over a helmet. But it's completely well, deadpan. Very deadpan, yeah, yeah. Completely serious. Passionate about his hair helmet. And while it's, like, ridiculous and cartoony, they just do it right. And then their songs are always good, you know, funny. And this, and this movie... I just had not... a good time throughout the whole thing. Even though I had a couple of, like, eh, is this really going to be funny? But it always was. So I was pleased. Yeah, I think uh, it's quite... It's very different film. I, I'm glad Paramount put this put this out in the states, to be honest, because uh, it's a very small release. Even though it's out on Paramount, there's no digital copy in the box. It wasn't advertised very much, but at least it got out there um, because it is this very small New Zealand film that 
we can all see humour in because we're all used to reality TV now. We know the story about vampires. I turned to you in the middle of the movie and said, this is basically real life true blood. Because they use a lot of the true... Well, it's real life. Vampire uh, things, like, you know, invite people in. and But they use them in really funny ways, you true know? True blood's like real life. It's not cartoon. No, true blood's like... I yeah, always, but this is ridiculous Yeah, but too. I meant like a, a documentary then. Like, like more like following people, you know? Yeah, they're following all the different tropes, for sure, for so vampires. Like, uh, so, these, so what I found really funny was these vampires, they like to go out drinking you know, a night on the town they don't drink but they go on a night on the town to the nightclubs to get the to get women to bring them home or men bring them home and then kill them and then actually do the drinking so you know you know if you've watched true blood or seen any vampire thing that vampires have to be invited in and there was just this one scene where they're trying to get the bouncers fro- who stand in front of the nightclub to invite them in but like they they're like can we come in? And, and the, the guys are not saying anything. But then there's like one nightclub that's catering to vampires and will invite you in. But, they, you know, they use all those kind of real life things. You know, there's a bit of a... It reminded me a bit of Anchorman, actually, this part where they have a bit of a rumble with some werewolves. It's like, here's the werewolves, here's the vampires. It's like, a, we're going to have a street fight. Um, but it, I thought, I think, I'm really glad they put it out Paramount. And I think... It's a really clever movie. It's really well made as well. The flat that they live in, all the special effects that they do, they went like kind of over like what they they could it could have been shittier. I mean, the flying's really bad. It is, but, but it's funny. Like the the one that the, kind of the very beginning scene where they're all sat around the table having a little uh, flat meeting, telling they're telling him to you know, why don't why don't you clean up more? And then they go at each other and they just rise up out of the seats and they're kind of like. They've got their arms out in front of each other like they're going to fight. <laughs> it's just funny looking. But, and then there's this gore in this movie. It's not just, you know, they're vampires. They do kill people. They do, you know, bite people's necks. And it shows, like, the actual real world implications of something like that. In a movie, we see a vampire bite somebody's neck. And sometimes it's all romantic. And, you know, they, they play it all ro- In here, it's it's messy. Like, which it, what it, it would be messy, right? You know, if you bite somebody's neck and their blood's splitting out, it's going to mess the house up. So, Definitely. So they really focused on things like that, where that's where I was saying it made it feel like, oh, these vampires are really existing with us, like, you know, um, and werewolves and zombies. There's, there's lots of different, what would you say, occult-ish type things yeah. in here. Undead things. Yeah. But I, I find uh, Flight of the Conqueror, uh, you know, Jermaine Clement's humour spot on to me. It's very similar to British humour. Um, but it has this odd, you know, sometimes it's their accents that make, makes things sound funny sometimes, I think. Especially in Flight of the Conqueror's. And there are quotes in here that are just, you could, you know, they'd be funny every single time you heard them. My funniest, the funniest one I found was about the uh, sandwich. <laughs> yes. So, like, why he, they want virgins? Yeah. So Jermaine says, so you know, just imagine that someone makes you a sandwich, and you'd much rather eat it if nobody had fucked it already. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's Which, not as funny when we say it, but it's no, funny it's really when funny when he said. And uh, the the thing is, the werewolves like Reese Darby, also from Flight of the Concords, is the head of the werewolves, and all the werewolves are swearing, and he, he turns to them and he says. 
we're werewolves, not swearwolves. <laughs> <laughs> so there's just stupid stuff like that, which is which comes across really funny. There's a lot of it that's funny. I like the fact that um, he'd taken, you know, the, the old thing with vampires where they have like a, a slave, basically. They take somebody from the human race and they use them. A familiar. They use them, basically, yeah. don't they, for every single thing they need to be done. And he's literally using her like she's a she's a cleaner woman. She's a and she's Under kind the of promise of being a vampire. But what's funny about it is she's cottoning on to she, that she's being used. And every time she approaches him and says, "Well, when are you going to make me a vampire?" He's he's always trying to put it off. Like I, I oh, really I en- she only asked him one time. Yeah, but I really enjoyed that the way it's the, it was clear that she'd asked him sure. multiple times. Um, and he's always just like, oh, you know, I'll, I'll do it. So, you know, can you do the queen? Oh, he's not listening to her. There's a lot of times where he's not even listening to what she's saying. He keeps repeating himself. But um, it just plays on all those things. Um, the If I had any complaints about it, I think it's a bit anticlimactic, you know? Yeah. Um, it's fun and everything, but it does it's... And it's not particularly long. It's ninety minutes, um, which I think I think was just right. It didn't need to be longer than that. It's like it's an episode of a show. Yeah, it could kind. be a TV show, right? I could see yeah. it as a TV show, like every week, uh, you know, six episodes. And this of is that. one episode of a time, yeah. that they had, yeah. But it, but because it's a documentary style thing, it doesn't particularly go to, you know, there's no. There's no nice conclusion to it or anything. In fact, I'd want to see them more. Like it, it feels. Like, oh, what's what's going to happen next week? That's how it feels to me when it's over. I really do like... Uh, stay, stick around as well when you watch this movie because after the credits, there's like a cool sequence right at the very end of the credits, which I thought was perfect for this movie uh, because vampires. Yeah. So um, let's move on to the cast. Uh, Jermaine Clement, a lot of you will know, is Vladislav. Uh, he's the ancient kind of... From medieval times. Yeah, he's he's like... He's the, is that he's the impaler? Yeah, Vlad he's, the impaler. He's that, but he's not. No. So to get close to being each of the things, like there's Nosferatu, the impaler, Dracula, and the younger guy. I think is just supposed to be sort of like a interview with the vampire guy. Yeah, you know, sort of like. No, yeah. no, not that guy. The uh, the punk one you said, but he's more. Oh of yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, trying yeah, to ride like the Tom system. Cruise. Mm, Tom Cruise is a bit of a dandy, but. In yeah. that time, is that idea? So Jermaine Clement plays this. He's I find him so funny. Like I can just look at him sometimes, and it's funny. And especially the get-ups that they've got him in. In this, <laughs> there's a, there's a whole sequence where they're going out on the town and they're dressing up in funny outfits, and just <laughs> just seeing him in those outfits is funny. And um, that that scene where what's he called the the punky one where he's doing the sexual dance. I never remember. Him. Yeah, that was good. That's one of those. <laughs> he's dances. just doing this weird dance. <laughs> but he's like, yeah, don't interrupt me. I was doing a sexual dance. Um, so Jermaine's, I really like him. You like him? I mean, he's. A, I mean, I like him. There are times when he's just being that same, really deadpan New Zealand. That's what I like about him, though. Right, but it doesn't vary much. No. So I'd like a bit of something else. Um, and this is actually directed by Jermaine and his partner, um, to Kate. I his his name is very hard to say. Takei Wateki, is that right? Don't know. Watiti, Watiti. I don't know. But anyway, um, 
let's call him... Uh, He's also in the movie. Let's call him T.W. T.W. plays Viago, who's the uh, the other vampire. The main two, really, Jermaine and this guy. Um, He's and, really good. He's my favorite And guy. I don't know him. I've not seen him before. I knew he... He I plays, knew- like, a German... Who used to be like looks like he was rich and he wears the really frilly yeah ha- things around his thing and he has a handkerchief Cravat, and he doesn't yeah. want blood everywhere and he just wants to have a good time and he loves people so you can see him at a ball every Saturday night you know with the white makeup on his face that's what he I think he was and he's still just and he's the guy who says like we need to have a meeting and he's the guy who wakes everybody up all nicely and does all their he's little... just sweet yeah he's just a nice guy and I think but he's a vampire one of the lessons here is you don't change just because you turn into a vampire right exactly you're the, still the same person you always were um, Johnny Bruff plays Deacon now he's like the punk um, vampire he reminded me of like what Adam Ant was always he probably fits to be. some kind of trope of a vampire that I just don't know about and he's just like a if this was the young ones, which which it does have also some um, similarities to the young ones, is these these flatmates from London. They're all all different, all stereotypes, all living in this place, and the the uh, chaos comes from just them not fitting in together. You know, everybody's got a different point of view, and this guy's like, I would say, like Vivian in the young ones. You know, the punk rocker guy who's like, "Fuck you all!" You know, I'm going out and getting drunk, and I'm coming back with all these women and whatever. I'm not washing the pots. Who does that? Yeah. He's that guy. Yeah. And uh, he was one of my favourites in it, to be honest. He's just... His... Just because he didn't really give a shit about all the others. He didn't care, really, what the flat was like, or... Hmm. It threw the spanner in the works all the time, you know? But there again, I always thought Jermaine didn't really care, either. He was just kind of like... You know, whatever. Uh if we're going to kill people, we're going to kill people. Um, we are going to kill people. That's what we do, right? Yeah, they don't, they don't flinch from... They don't try to... There's no fake blood. There's no prosthetic blood. There's no eating rats. There's none of that. It is... We do eat people, and this is what they work. try to portray is... Not always, but, like, the woman who's his familiar slave person, she is supposed... To, she's like his PA, basically. She's always taking notes of what he wants. Well, when she brings in people, it's people she doesn't like... Like a girl in school, we see her on the phone saying, "Well, yeah. remember I said by you in call in in the English class, and you called me whatever the bad name was." Oh yeah, yeah, you did. You you did. You you're the one who started that, and then um, everybody else started calling me that. So, <laughs> and the next thing you know, that woman has arrived. So, that's kind of a funny take on getting revenge on people. And then you have two little girls who are vampires, and all they do are hunt down predator uh, child predators yeah. in the night, and you know. So there's this hint of do goodiness but then there's the like we're just gonna lure people in and kill them and that's just the way it is one of my other favorite moments was Jermaine's um I was just thinking about it Jermaine uh, in the past when he was you know at the height of his vampirism was really good at hypnotizing people yeah so it's time for him to get some lunch let's say or dinner and he stood outside somebody's window and he's going see me see me like this with his hand and it's a woman watching TV it's an old man but there's a oh that first woman yeah there's a woman watching TV the man's the one and then it moves to like this it moves to this old man later Um, and he's going (laughs) see me and I guess when he was good at doing that the person would have just walked towards the window and offered them to him right right but this old man's just getting on with his thing he doesn't hear it or 
So he just punches the window one, one time. Like, it's like, it's like, okay, see me, see me. And then he's just like, <laughs> it was really good. There's just good little bits of humor in there. It's not always funny. I no. can't say it's always funny, but there are moments just spattered in there where you're like, wow, that's really clever. Like when the police are glamoured, yeah. as we like yeah. to call the true blood, the into, in like he said, don't notice anything out of the unusual. So everything that's weird, and they just talk around it, like they and really don't it's like don't extremely weird. There's people <laughs> floating in the air, you know, it's all yeah. like... <laughs> hey, mate, he's got a big cement slab on him. He's not going to be very happy with that. And they're just like... Yeah. Uh, it is. There's just a lot of clever, funny stuff in here. I I, I thoroughly enjoyed this. I thought. So it you could see it as a TV show. Maybe that's the intent. I could. I I, I could almost think like. Because now we know there are vampire hunters mm-hmm. in the world. We know that there's loads of other things. It's a cool world. It's a cool premise. It's a cool like you know it actually you know vampires. But has it exist. seen its day? Vampires actually exist, but it's like really mundane. It's not like hyper glamorized like. True but everybody blood. doesn't know it. That's the difference. Right. It's not true blood. Yeah, it's not true. Blood. The world's not aware. It is it's still secret. Some people know. Some people kind of go, oh, I think he's, a, you know, when they're out in public. Stu knows. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so also we have uh, Reese Darby, who I mentioned. He also plays their manager in Flight of the Concords. <laughs> Flight of the Concords is about, they're a musical band and he's the manager. And he's so deadpan and dry. And he's just, he basically, he plays the same yep. guy, doesn't he? He's the, he's he's the, the alpha male. The, yeah. the alpha yeah. male. But yeah. he's very nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a... <laughs> <laughs> They're not a vicious... Be- oh, they are, but they aren't. But he was one of my favourite things of Flight of the Concords. Every time they ended up in his office, it was always going to be funny. Because he just asked them ridiculous questions, and, like, it was just it was just funny scenes then with him in the... And he was so good this in is this really film. one big advertisement for the TV show called Flight of the Concords. Yes, true. If you like that, if you <laughs> like this, you'll like that and the other way around. Um... So Reese Darby, yeah, excellent. Uh, and then Cory Gondalez Mosoa plays Nick. Now I thought all the time, oh, I've seen this guy before. I've seen this guy before. And he, what he is, he's like the f- fifth vampire. But they, aside from Nosferatu downstairs, he's the he's the, another one who lives with them sometimes. But he is the young recruit. Like they've bit him. They didn't. Nosferatu. Nosferatu bit him, bit him and then they. Um, he just has to kind of hang around yeah. with them. Uh, really funny like his first night when he comes and he's just fl- he's flying outside the window and he can't really he doesn't understand the flying so it takes him a long time to get through the window like uh, it's just awkward like but um this guy yeah he's he's real super cocky though he's like um just like he's breaking all the vampire codes he's like you know the vampire goes like we don't want loads of vampires so don't keep biting people and he's like oh I just got these three people like, you know he's, he's very and he's going down the street outside the bar yelling I'm a vampire yeah and, and actually showing people the way he does it to the guy in the convenience store. Like, it's, um... Yeah. And I really liked him. I thought he was awesome. And, I, yeah, well, I've seen him in Eagle vs. Shark, another movie that stars Jermaine Clement. You remember him in it? Or are they just because they said That's he was where in he's... It? I've seen his face. As soon as he was coming on the screen, I was like... Maybe he was in Flight of the Concords as well, but I was like, that is... I know that guy. Like, he's one of their guys. Like, he's something to do with them. But uh, I liked him, too. So this is directed by Jermaine and Takia. Um, and they haven't directed a movie before, funnily enough. But it, I think it was really well made. And oh, especially yeah. when I saw the behind-the-scenes footage on the Blu-ray. Oh, gosh, yeah. They went to a lot of effort to make this movie. Like it, A lot of effort on the cheap. Yeah, it's a small... You can tell it's a small production, but the set design's really good. They do the special effects, even, like which are... 
you know, there's there's blood and guts, and then there's actually some pra- there's some effects where they turn into bats and just fly away. In the backpack. Yeah. Excellent. There's a man inside a backpack at some point, <laughs> which is very weird. <laughs> it was really good. It's just out of the blue, you get like a weird special effect that looks seamless. Yeah. So you don't. I did love that whole sequence of him running around the house and them trying to yeah. be scary when they're not. Yes, I was thinking. Okay, I'm him. It's funny to watch because they're kind of funny. But no, it would be terrifying, right? Because they're going... Ash. It's dark and bleak and... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um... Yeah, I think it's well-directed, well-made. It does feel like a TV show. I, I, do, I don't know. I'd have to re- listen to the commentary about this. There's a commentary on the Blu-ray. It, maybe it was intended to be a TV show and they did this instead, you know? But it feels that way. Like, the ongoing adventures of these guys would be actually funny. So, um, extras on the Blu-ray... And there are a few. I'm actually surprised because I thought there'd be nothing, you know, with it being such a small release. Um, but you get over two hours of extras. There's a commentary with Jermaine Clement that makes up for 90 minutes of these extras, so don't be fooled that you get two hours, really. Um, you get the making of, which is called Behind the Shadows, which we watched, which is really cool because it's not one of them ones with a narration over the top. It's just like, you know, hanging around on the set, showing you some of the special effects being done. Showing you the, you know, the blood. There's a girl who gets uh, bit and all mm-hmm. the blood squirts out. They show you how they do that. Um, there's some deleted scenes, video extras, interviews. Now, the interviews are not interviews with the cast. They're, they're interviews with the characters. So, if you enjoy the characters, you'll get some interviews with them. There are some promo videos and a poster gallery. So, um, this is a very unique movie. I think we'll be talking about this in our best of at the end of this year I think I feel like we will at least talking about it it's memorable for sure it's very different and it's it's Good definitely point. not what you're used to I mean even though but neither was um dark shadows but it would did not remain as no but this is much fondly. better than that oh yeah yeah totally. much better than that it's um you have to be on the you have to understand it's hard to recommend to everybody because this sense of humour is very distinct, isn't it? I, I like it as an English person. You like it as an American. But you're so not... So what does that t- say? Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe it's universal. Maybe everybody likes this kind of humour. I don't know. It's a bit dry because it's played straight all the time. It's not played like a wacky thing. Like when you're watching The Office and David Brent is... You know, I mean, it's not like that. Mm-mm. It's really them, you know, but it's a bit cartoony, and but not overly cartoony. It's got enough very. It's got enough up really funny, memorable moments that I I'm remembering now. Like, oh, that was funny. That was funny. That was funny. It's enough of that to make it really worthwhile watching, because you will be. And there's an unexpected love story. There is. <laughs> so uh, thanks to Paramount for what we do in the shadows. Uh, if you want to enter a contest, go to aschoolie.com. We've got a new one coming up this week uh, to win. Well, go there and find out. Next week's review will be Hot Pursuit, starring Reese Witherspoon. We'll be looking at that next week. Uh, Movie recommendations uh, this week. And what movie recommendations are on this podcast is we uh, recommend some movies. Let me guess. Movies that we recommend. And we recommend them based on what we just saw. And maybe something you don't always. I always do. But maybe if you like this, you might like these, right? So I'm going And I disagree with that philosophy 100%. So everyone doesn't think we agree. I disagree. 
that if I like one movie that represents certain things or a particular genre or has a certain star, that that equals me loving or liking everything that has those same similarities. I disagree with that philosophy. Just so we, just so everyone knows where we stand. You think you can get on a little track and like, oh, I like this comedy with this guy and I like that comedy with the same guy and I like that comedy with the same guy. It doesn't always work that way, does it? No. So, we're just different. So I... So I'm going with Eagle versus Shark. It's a movie we actually reviewed. You can find the review on iSchoolie.com. Um, long time ago. So it's, it's probably 10 Very years. Very long time ago. Yeah. But uh, Eagle versus Shark, it's the f- it was my first um, introduction to Jermaine Clement. I'd never even seen him before. Um, Did we see that before? It came out around the time Napoleon Dynamite came out. So, so it came out before... Before Flight of the Concord. Oh, way right. Before. Right, so right. I'd never even heard of Jermaine Clement at that point. Uh, and my other thing is Flight of the Concords, which is it's on HBO. If you've got HBO Go, go digging around in their show menus and you'll find the whole two seasons. They're all both in there. It's also on Amazon Video. It's all over the place at the moment. I keep seeing it. And you know what? I've got it on my uh, media server here and I play episodes of it often. It's just really funny. I've actually got the albums because it's a musical show. And the albums are still funny, you know. Um, my favourite uh, is the Rhinoceros. Why is that your favourite? I just really like it. I like the other one. Um, there's just some. It's if you listen to the lyrics of that album, it's hilarious. The entire. The, You're so pretty. The you could be through. a part-time model. Yeah. That's, um, <laughs> that's the first song they sing. Yeah. The first episode. Uh, so yeah, that's um, Flight of the Concords and Eagle versus Shark. You have? I have. And I don't know why, but during the extras, I thought of this movie. And it's a fine movie. It's a fine, fun family movie. Sadly, the star is no longer with us, but it's Mrs. Doubtfire. And the only reason is, when we're seeing the extras and they're putting the flame retardant stuff on the guy and it's dripping off his nose and stuff, I just remember him getting his makeup done by his friend or his brother. And you know, putting and his and at one point it's all hanging off his front when he he's trying to go between two things and it's just a sweet movie. It really is. It's very of its time, but I think it's a nice quality movie. And the other one is The Witches, which I think can kind of get lost in the shuffle. I think it was from the nineties. I'm not hundred percent sure. Angelica Houston. It's from a book or a little boy. The witches want to turn all the children eat eat the children or turn them all into mice. I can't remember which. The little boy has turned into a mouse. I think. I can't remember it, but I need to watch it again. Um, But these are witches who can smell children, and they have a little conference, and then this boy ends up there, and it's just, it's one of those sort of fantasy, really horrible fairy tale, you know, where the witch is going to eat the boy, and then the boy, of course, saves the day, but... It's the last one in the shuffle of witch movies, I think. But Hocus Pocus also. We'll put that out there. They're going to make a Hocus Pocus 2. I love that movie. I don't give a shit what anybody says. You can sit there all day long and tell me everything. I got it here recently and you watched it, I remember. Yeah, I watched it twice last Halloween. I'd had my foot surgery and there it was. And I was like, I watched it. And then the next day I was like, I think I'm going to watch that one more time. I just love it. It's charming and sweet and I'll be happy to watch it again in a couple months. So... Alright, so games and A Scully stuff this week. This is stuff that um, I've done this week, and I wanted to mention uh, I've been playing on the PC, Ridge Racer Unbounded. This is like a game from like two years ago, but they had it on a Steam thing for 99 cents, so I picked it up. And uh, it's Ridge Racer, but it's really, really crappy. 
if you're a, if you're an original Ridge Racer fan like I am, this is like so far removed Aww. from the gameplay of original. I've talked about this game before actually because I had it on the 360, but it's so bad. Yet I really like Ridge Racer so much. I wanted to have it to play. Yeah, it. and I started playing it this week a bit, and yes, it's pretty bad, but. It's more, it's more Ridge Racer. Like, in, like as a fan of Ridge Racer, I just want to play it. But then I keep thinking, why did you mess Ridge Racer up so much, Namco? Just make a Ridge Racer game that is like the originals. The first seven Ridge Racer games were amazing. Make another one. Why didn't the next... You know, these new consoles never got a Ridge Racer. It, it's like one of those um, traditional things that always comes out on a launch of a console. But Ridge Racer seems to have gone. You know what they did? They made a free-to-play game on the tablets where you actually swipe the tablet to do the drifts and it does them automatically it was really really shitty i put it on my tablet played about two minutes of it and then erased it immediately so yeah i've been playing a crappy game called ridge racer unbounded on the pc and my other thing is we've uh, been cycling we've mentioned it several times on this podcast and today i went off on my own i was cycling down the path oh yeah let me just tell you how I was introduced to the story. I met you because you went further than me and came back. And you said, I just saw something that was horrible and exciting at the same time. It's yes. awesome. And then you told me the story. So I'm riding and I'm doing like high speed. I'm, well, it's not high speed. I'm on a bike. <laughs> Bicycle. So I'm doing about 12 to 13 miles an hour, which is pretty fast. You're pedaling pretty fast. And I see something on the trail in front of me. And this is like a trail. Like, it's um, gravel. Know, a not very wide, you know, the trees on either side. It's about the width that you could get a golf cart down. Yeah. So I see something on the floor that's about the width of the trail, almost. It's, it's wide. And I'm like, is that... What is that? Is that a dog? So I slow down. And I actually slam my brakes on and skidded a little bit. And then I stop. But I'm still maybe... A, like, I'm still 100 yards away from it. You know, it's a, it's away from me. And it, it, at first, it didn't know I was there. And I look in, and I'm looking, and I'm like, wow, it's a really big bird. I thought it was dead. 100 yards is a long way. It's like the length yeah. of a football field. Not 100 yards. Then. Okay. I say... Like the length of the this house, The length of maybe? this house, yeah. Okay. So it's... Which is what? About 130, 140 feet. Yeah, so I'm looking down the trail, and I thought, oh, it, a bird is dead? In a ro- it, like, it's a huge bird. What okay. The- and then it hears me and it it's I'm a, scared it's it's a bird of prey of some kind so i would say some kind of eagle or a uh a kestrel or something like that it takes off and because this is uh, what where we're on it's enveloped by trees it's really cool it's like you're in a tunnel of trees it's like you're in a tunnel of trees yeah. so and it takes off and it doesn't go straight up into the sky it ca- continues down the trail where I'm going. Because I started to move. And I'm following it. How big is its wingspan? Oh, its wingspan's easily... Uh, as wide as the trail. It's wider than me. Yeah. It's got its wings out, right? <laughs> wider than me with my arms out. So it starts to take off and it's flying down the trail and it's not. it's about three feet from the ground. And I thought, why is it not going up in the air? And then I looked and I'm like, oh, it's carrying a twig. I thought it was a twig. Our twig had got stuck on it or something. And then I looked and I was like, no, that's not a twig. And it's a squirrel. And its squirrel's tail is just hanging straight down. So I'm like, oh, it's a dead squirrel. It's carrying a dead squirrel, which is a feat in itself. A bird carrying a huge... You know, a squirrel's not small, is it? It's pretty big. Oh, they're tiny. No, no, they're not heavy at all. They weigh Uh, less than a pound. Oh, right. So he's carrying it and the, the tail's dangling down. 
and I'm following, and then it realizes I'm following, I guess, because I'm pretty, my tires are making a noise, and it drops the squirrel and goes straight up into the sky. And I, I, into the trees? There's no sky through at that the, point. Through the trees. Yeah, and yeah. Up into the sky. So I, I looked down, and the squirrel is lying there. It's on its all fours. Yeah. And its eye is. Oh. There's blood running all down its face, and I, and it and it won't move, but it is alive because I can see it's breathing. So I'm like, oh. there's nothing I can do. Like I can't save the squirrel. So I start to move a little bit down the trail, like going, wow, that was really awesome. Like weird, crazy thing. And I hear a noise and I look back and the bird swoops down out of the trees, picks it up again, lifts it up about two feet and drops it again and then takes off. And then I looked and he was, the, you know, I, I went back a little bit and he's still, you know, traumatized, I guess. So then I just carried on going and I was thinking about it, thinking about it. And then I turned around at the five mile mark, which was another mile away. And as I was coming back, I met you. You were a mile up down the trail. And you said, oh, yeah, I saw a squirrel. It, it looked I like thought he was, was just laying there eating something because he right. was kind of twitchy. But I thought he was just eating. I just kind of passed real quickly. But then he'd gone because yeah. we looked for him on the way back and he'd gone. So, I'm, so if it, anyone's a bird expert who knows what that whole process is about, let us know. Yeah, it, it was It's survival It was nature medicine. doing its thing. Yeah. When it was doing its wingspan and it was on the floor, I was thinking it must have been grappling that thing. Like it must have landed on it from the sky how the hell it does that anyway because there's trees maybe it was sat up in the branches and it saw it and just dived down at it but it was literally wrestling it on the floor and you know you've seen squirrels they move fast yep you know they've got little claws and teeth but he was just wrestling it so yeah I saw nature in action um and poor squirrel you know (laughs) oh yeah but you know it happens all the time yeah you know, but animals kill it. It's a cycle of life or whatever. Because, um... like, that bird can't go to the store and get it a mm-hmm. vegetarian dinner. So, that's the way that works. True. We can. So, we don't so... need to go kill the squirrel. At least not, not at this point. So, that's my bird killing the squirrel story. <laughs> and I've never seen anything. squirrel killing bird story. Yeah, I've never seen anything. So, I've not seen it so close up before. Like, I was, you know, if I, I don't know if I could have got closer. I couldn't get a photograph because my uh, camera was in my cam- in my bag on my bike and if I'd have unzipped it to get the camera it would have heard all that and it would have been off so I couldn't get anything so I wish I would have got some footage it would have been cool it shows you you should have a GoPro strapped to you all the time when you're riding on the trail because I would have caught all that speaking of biking GoPros we watched a guy riding in this because we were both I think I wondered too because I would like to eventually ride to work on my bike yeah it's only six and a half miles and the most we've gone in one day is 21 miles and that was the other day didn't really stop at all wasn't dying by the end of us tired and my legs hurt today, two days later, but the six and a half miles now sounds like, eh, that's no big deal. But there's some hills. And then I was thinking, what if I just made a practice of it? And this guy rides to work every day, but it seems like miles and miles. A YouTuber. Yeah. He's called Bike Blogger. And he ride, he was riding in this video, first time he'd ever ridden in the snow. And it was like treacherous with his GoPro on his I'm chest. I'm surprised he even managed to <laughs> I, was, I was like tense. I mean, the whole time I was like reared back, like there's intersections where you know... In a car, if you were to slow down, you're going to slide because it's all slushy and stuff. And so that was really... <laughs> listen to us. We sat on the couch watching a guy ride it, a bike in the snow. And it was 21 minutes long. It was. <laughs> and it was really good. I get, he talked the whole time. So it wasn't he, like you're just watching Even he thought he was going to come off. He, he, there was times when the back end was sliding out. But haven't somebody like, describe it well to you? Like, 
it feels like this and it feels like that. And now my tire's kind of sliding and I have, he has studs on his tires and, but describing to you his fear of every intersection and oh, I was worried about this one and he you could tell he was a real go 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 kind of guy because he'd say let's climb whenever it hit a hill area. He seems to love going up a hill didn't he? Yeah so that was kind of funny in the biking world. Not right. that I'll ever do that but. Alright so uh, yeah and we did do a 21 mile bike ride this week. We did a what 18 mile one last time? Last week? Mm, I don't know. So this week we have to do more 22 at least. There's a town a little bit further than the good town that we've been to. This direction wasn't as interesting, let's be honest. No, but it's interesting it was a just nice to trail. see different places. Yeah. It's all the same trail, but one direction or the other, it seems like the upkeep on the trail um, parks, where there's the toilet and the maps, are kept up better in certain areas than in others. So it's just, it's an interesting. Yeah. So, it's good, good exercise. So before we leave, what's for dinner? Tonight we're going to have quarn, Q-U-O-R-N, um, cutlets, which is not corn, not chicken, but they're like a chicken cutlet, but they're veggie and mushroom based. And I'm going to have some lentil sauce and mashed potatoes and then chocolate for dessert. Nice. And Sid Talk, before we leave, what is your advice? Stop thinking you're nice all the time because you're not. It's not nice to be passive-aggressive. It's not nice to be a doormat. It's not nice to always try to be, quote-unquote, I'm doing air quotes, helpful when you're actually doing it because you're snotty or inside you just want someone desperately to like you. It isn't niceness. You are under some hypnotized bullshit because it's not nice. It's like, ugh. It's like nothingness. I'm, I'm not a fan of super nice people. I think anyone who knows me. Knows that I can be nice, genuinely nice, because I'm not faking it. I'm not trying too hard, and I'm not asking for anything in return. You don't need to be my friend. You don't need to like me. You don't need to be thank me. If I do something tiny or a gesture of any kind that improves some situation or adds to something or inspires something, whatever it is, it could be anything, you know. This last week, a new person entered where we work. Now, it doesn't work with me, but he works in an area that's, like, with all the other people. I work behind a security wall, so I'm kind of alone all the time, but all these other 70, 80 people are out there together. He started working back there, and I sent out a monthly birthday reminder for the snack day, and I try to be funny, if I can. I think it's funny, but that's subjective. And he's, it seems like he's, he needs a, someone to communicate back and forth with. He's nervous about it and stuff, and at one point he said, you know, where I where I did work, we had really good snack days, we had a taco day, and everybody contributed. So then my next email I sent out, I said, we have a suggestion from, I said his name, to have a taco day. And I said, if anyone interested, you know. And I was just doing that because I do not believe in taking credit for good or bad ideas. If someone comes up with a fun idea, even on this tiny scale, then that person is the person responsible for passing that along. I didn't come up with it. So that's my philosophy. If you do something wrong, you're responsible, not me. If you do something good, I didn't do it, you did it, right? So that, he said later, sent me an email, that that was like, you know, really, it was embarrassing to him, but that he's feeling like it's, you know, people are people are more friendly than he thought they would be. And I think that's one of those tiny little things. Now, I wasn't doing that to be nice, was doing that because it just comes naturally. 
I think if you sit there and think about it for too long and then you do a thing just to win somebody over or because you've calculated how they're going to relate to you or because you don't want to get any shit from them or you don't want to hear any flack or you don't want to hear somebody complain, you're not being nice. You're being selfish. Mm. I think it's not helpful. It's not anything. It's just, ugh. Like, I find it nauseating. <laughs> so there you go. Anybody who's nice to me, remember that next time. Um, one thing, talking about nauseating, in this movie, <laughs> What We Do in the Shadows, one of the vampires eats some human food at one point. And now we know why they don't. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that, I thought that was Also included fun. in the extras. Yeah. How that got done. So uh, I want to remind you about our website, sayschoolie.com, sidso.com. You can catch us on Twitter and Facebook. You can also catch this podcast on stitcher.com. You can search for After the Show there. The iTunes Music Store. Everybody knows about that one. The uh, Groove Music. What is it? I don't. Groove doesn't even have podcasts yet, does it? Mm. So whatever Microsoft have got that has podcasts in it. It's on the phone. It's called Podcasts. <laughs> um, and... The RSS feed. Just go to aschoolie.com. You can listen to this podcast straight from the page. You don't have to deal with anything if you don't want. So go to aschoolie.com. Click on the word podcast. You can email feedback to me at aschoolie.com. Don't email Sid Talk. She can't stand you emailing her. <laughs> and Not true. Lastly. If you have a good idea or a good suggestion or a comment, let me know and I'll give you full credit. Yes. If you want to kiss my ass, move along. Classy. <laughs> so stay classy, uh, Mr. Jermaine Clement, and uh, the you know this whole. I thing. think the main guy was better, even uh, Takai Watiti. He actually was. Uh, I think he was in my favorite the creation part. of Flight of the Concords. And he was the director on this. You could see yeah. him directing, and I thought he was really good to watch. I would. I wanted to see more of him. So this is a this is a really fun. This will be an underlooked film too. I don't think a lot of people will get I say bring it out at Halloween because it's yeah. going to be a fun one for Halloween to add in to all of it's your other really Halloween fun. stuff. Like, it's a fun, crazy it's a crazy time kids. And I'm going to say think for yourselves everyone because if you don't do it someone will do it for you.